Well, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time it may be, wherever you are. My name is Craig Hagan, and you're listening to Raymond's Weekly Podcast. I'm sitting here with Tony McKinnon. We call him T-Mac. Um, it's our first time we've recorded in 2023. Yeah. Um, although this probably won't release for like three more weeks. But anyway, um, it's the first week of January. We're in the future. We'll be in their past. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be in their past, yeah. So anyway, um, you have a good new year. I had a wonderful new year. Yeah, and I, I guess. Georgia Bulldogs yeah, won. I was going to yeah. say that Georgia pulled off, which I actually will. I'm going to go on record that I quit watching the game because I thought it was over. I about tore up my chair. I had to stay with it. Yeah, so. Well, it wasn't. I thought it was over, but you know, um, everybody else wanted to watch something else. They didn't yeah, want to watch. Dog it. never quits. Yeah. Well, I'm not a big Georgia fan, so I, I don't really care. Um, you know. What about TCU? TCU. Michigan? I, I was, yeah, you know, I was pretty excited about TCU. Yeah. Um, you know. And we got a we got a meet in Los Angeles now. Yeah. And you see that there's no tailgate. No, I was fixing to say that. No. Why even have the game out there? I'm yeah. sorry. But they said it was not a SoFi Stadium thing. It's to do with the, the college football um, playoff people. That's what they're blaming on. Probably, really? probably a COVID deal. Yeah, I'm no, sure. They, yeah. they actually say they do allow tailgating at the Rams games and the um, Charger games, so I don't, I don't have no clue. It's a conspiracy. Yeah. Anyway, we're so excited about our guest today. Today we have Tony Cook. Tony, um, um, well, he's past, was pastor here. He was a longtime teacher at Raymond Bible Training College. He's Doug Jones' best friend. Um, good to have you, Tony. <laughs> Thank you. Good to be with you guys. We are Tony Squared today. Yeah. And so – we have been asking Doug to come on the podcast forever. He, he's denied us. Um, and so, you know, we, we put his email out there, djones at rhema.org, and we have a big push to put him on the podcast in 2023. He says he has nothing to say. I think if he got maybe 5,000 emails, that yeah. might persuade him. I think he should put his cell phone out there. That's <laughs> what you need to do. <clears throat> or a lot of people actually have his cell phone number. Mm-hmm. They could yeah. probably text him and yeah. say, get on the podcast. He complains about it ever so often, but. He doesn't seem to be moved by it. <laughs> anyway, Tony, it's good to have you here. Good to um, be with you. Thanks. Um, we want to start off, first of all, telling your Rama story. I mean, how you heard about Rama or, or the, the ministry or whatever, because, you know, you came to Rama a long time ago. You, you were like 12 years old. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they passed around a flyer at Children's Church, and he picked it up at the hall. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost that long ago. It feels like it. I came in 1979, and uh, how old were you guys in 79? I was 10 years old. I was 10 years old. Yeah, we, we were both 10 years old. Are you kidding me? We were both 10 years old. Okay. 79. Well, yeah. I we're had, only a uh, month And apart. you should know that because I was. You, you were part of the church, children's church, where Lisa and I ended up being janitors and then later assistant ministers there. And. And we saw uh, Craig and Denise when they were just really tiny. So, um, but I was from Indiana, and I've got a, a bulldog sweatshirt on, Wrong but it's, but it's a bull. different bulldog yeah. than uh, Tony McKinnon's. Uh, I went to Butler University, and uh, I went there two years out of high school, and uh, had been spirit filled right after I graduated from high school, and went from being a pretty nominal. Christian to, you know, really being on fire for God. And so I switched to the religion department at the university and thinking that, well, anybody that's going to study the Bible is just going to be passionately on fire for God. And I found out there was a whole different stream of study that, um, you know, wasn't based on a spiritual foundation, the Bible's the Word of God, Jesus is Lord. It was addressed more as a, just an academic 
historical study and no no presumption of the Bible being the inspired Word of God. And I found out um, that you know many secular and non Christian ideas came into the the program, and so in that environment, I realized you know I'm not getting anything that's going to prepare me to serve God. And um, heard about Rama. Uh, we had a uh, full gospel businessmen's. That was real mm-hmm. big back yep, then. And yep. uh, Rayma graduate came and gave his testimony up uh, just a little bit north of where I lived. And just over the course of a few people mentioning things, I didn't really have much exposure to Brother Hagen's material. I'd read one book by Brother Hagen, The Interceding Christian. Mm. <laughs> and I'd heard one cassette tape that he did at John Osteen's church called What About the Future, where he prophesied some things. And so I didn't have a lot of exposure to Brother Hagen, but I had this huge drawing and witness leading in my heart that, you know, I was supposed to come to Rama and had had some considerable opposition from people who <laughs> loved me but didn't understand and, you know, tried, no, you need to go to a seminary and things like that. And and uh, so, but I just knew that I was supposed to come to Rama, and so Lisa and I got married June of '79, and one week later we were in Oklahoma, and um, that fall, you know, we started school, and it was an absolutely uh, life-transforming experience, and it still is today mm-hmm. for the people that come, young, old, middle-aged. I was 20 years old then, and uh, but I looked, you know, probably more like 12, <laughs> and uh, had a baby face then. But uh, still, today I kind of wish I had a baby face. But uh, it's been 40, what is that, 43 years or thereabouts. But anyway, um, just absolutely transforming. And uh, Lisa and I, we got jobs at the church where Pastor and Mrs. Hagen attended at that time. There was no Rama Bible Church at that time. And uh, so they came to that church on Sunday mornings, and so we got to know them just a little bit. And um, I was teasing Craig a little bit ago because one of the Sunday school classes had a contest to see who could bring the most guests, and Craig and this other kid were in this competition. So you were 10 then, right? I think so, yeah. And uh, Craig and this other kid were in this competition. They're kind of going back and forth. And so Craig waits until the last day of this competition, and he brings his entire football team. Because <laughs> yeah, it was based on, on a on, – you, know, you, get, you get so many points for knowing the memory verse or some, so many yards. It was based yeah. on a football field. And so as you advance so many yards – well, if if you brought a guest, you get a field goal. Uh huh. <laughs> and so we were neck and neck, and my dad said, "Well, wait till last week. We'll, we'll just have a slumber party." Uh huh. And so we had a slumber party with the whole football team. Yeah. So I remember <laughs> that from way back when, and of course, so Denise would have been how old at that time? Uh, I was ten, so she was six. Six years old, and so. Uh, I, I know Lisa, my wife, led worship in the children's church, and yeah, were you in there too? I was, I was in there. I remember that. Yeah. And I remember Denise being in there. So it was, it was great to get to know them way back when. But we were janitors, and then uh, became assistant pastors at that church. And uh, but but I'll just tell you the whole. Uh, anybody that's listening that might be considering Rama, uh, I've studied at a secular university. I studied at a Pentecostal college and got a bachelor's degree. I studied at an evangelical university and got a master's degree. And, and I got certain things from each one of them, and especially the Pentecostal and evangelical, uh, some really good benefit. But it, it doesn't even compare to Rhema. 
um, you know, I'm all in favor. Of, your dad, Craig, has always said he's in favor of people getting all the education they can get, and I, I agree. But there's something about the spiritual and biblical training at Rama that um, really teaches people how to minister. Yeah, practical application. Practical application. That's why it was called a training center today, a training college. But the emphasis is on the training and the ability to do what you're taught, the ability to do ministry. So it's not just, you know, not like a lot of theoretical and hyper-theological and hyper-academic. It's it's very doable uh, truth that really transforms a person's heart and life and gives them the uh, the confidence because it teaches them about not only teaches about the anointing of God, but it's an atmosphere with the anointing of God. And that's why we've seen, you know, I, I spent, um, I came out to teach at Rama then in 1983 and um, ended up helping uh, Pastor and Mrs. Hagan as one of the founding associate pastors of the church and uh, was able to be the first RMAI director right. for 13 and a half years. And so got to see the finished product or, well, I guess we're never a finished product. Um, <laughs> we're, always, we're always, we're always we're, still learning we and growing. Are the epitome of evolution. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, before you go on, I mean, I just want to let everyone know it's a whole lot easier to apply for Rama. Um, way easier it was when, when Tony came, yeah. you can go to rbtc.org, rbtc.org, and you can apply today actually. Yeah. Um, or you can go to rbtc.org, you can read the material, you can give us your name, give us your email, give us your phone number, we'll give you a call and talk to you more about Raymond. We'll send you a digital packet immediately, but it's a lot easier. And I think you also put, um, locked in on a key. Academically, Raymond's not that hard. I mean, because we're not trying to send out a bunch of trick questions and, and things. You know, We want to make sure you get a hold of the information. I mean, that's mm-hmm. you know that's life-changing. Anyway, just want to want to throw that out there for some of you listening and maybe you're like, well, maybe I should check Ram out. Yeah. And people came and, and it was that way then. I think it's that way today that people come from all different backgrounds. Uh, people came from all different ages, all different, you know, parts of the country or the world. Um, people came with all kinds of different backgrounds. And I don't know what it is today because I, I stepped away from Rama in 2002 and We've been in full-time traveling ministry since then. But, um, you know, I, I came from a mainline traditional denominational background. And so I felt a little bit, um, as a student, uh, I felt like I was a little bit like a duck out of water because, you know, a lot of people, of course, your granddad, Brother Hagen, had been in Pentecostal things for, you know, <laughs> decades and decades and decades and your mom and dad and you know we had some older teachers back then that had been in pentecost for a long time it had had pentecostal charismatic type of experiences i was brand new in that and so for me a lot of the things were extremely new they're very different coming from that mainline traditional background you can say it <laughs> You're Presbyterian. Yeah, I was raised Presbyterian. And, it's, okay to, it's okay to say what your background sure. is. Sure. Uh, but, it, but it was amazing how quickly these things caught on. And, and, uh, and, and the thing that to me was so different about Rhema was the, the emphasis on the person and the presence of the Holy yeah. Spirit. Yeah. Not as a theory, not as um, some philosophical 
you know, situation, but, but the person who really is our teacher. And, and that was something that for me, sitting in the different classes and the different teachers, um, they really do teach with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And even Tony. Even Tony McKinnon, that's right. <laughs> and um, so even people with different accents. Yeah, you know, yeah. we had teachers from the north, the south, the yeah. east, and the west. Try not to and, speak too much without an interpreter. But yeah. There you go. And, um, <laughs> but, but, uh, and I think that all flows out of Brother Hagin's life. You know, he taught with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I think people that studied under him – uh, I don't know if it's by – I started to use the word osmosis, <laughs> but probably association is a better yeah. word. Um, but just being in that atmosphere, you do pick up something of the uh, flavor well, one and thing, the flair. One thing that he said when we were having our – what they call the Holy Ghost meetings was some people said they wanted – you know, talk about hitting his anointing. said, if you want my anointing, you have to hang around me. So, yeah. you know, who, who you hang around will, will, will influence you more than anything. That's so, true. Right. True. And so I think that's the whole thing is obviously, you know, hanging around, you know, my grandfather or whatever. Obviously, we, we all pick up that anointing. And I do think at Rama, um, you know, it seemed that once he passed on that our teachers took a, a, a step up. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, because I think for a long time you're thinking, well, you know, you have Brother Hagen. So there's, you know, but, you know, there's some. Um, I don't know. I think I I believe Raymond's better now than it was even whenever he was here because no one's dependent upon one person to, you know, to. Well, and we should be better. We've been doing it longer. Well, that's true. You know, I mean, we've learned a few things. I mean, what we should be. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because, you know, used to whenever I'm teaching, I felt half the class was older than I was. So it's like, you know. Right. Now most, you know, actually we have a lot of older students this year um, that are more closer to our age. But, um. You know, a lot of the class members are younger than my kids, and so it's a little bit easier to. Well, I mean, to you, to you know, you've processed it. I ever it dawned on me the other day these these students sitting in this class that were not born when I graduated from Raymond. Yeah, yeah, that makes yeah. you feel old, doesn't it? Yeah, it well, does. <laughs> well, so I actually had that when I was doing youth ministry here at Rama. Um, I actually most of the youth didn't realize how old I was because at that time I still had bleach blonde hair and all kinds of stuff and. And then I decided to tell a story, and I used a year. It was when I was in high school, so it was kind of I'm speaking to the high schoolers. I said, back in 1985, I heard it was a big gasp. And I found out the oldest person in the room was two years old in 1985. Uh-huh. I mean, and they were not, a, they were not, they were, they were one of a, a Rama student who was, you know, who was, um, you know, a worker, and, you know, not. Mm-hmm. So it was funny. I was, most of the, even the students were not even. You know, yeah. born. And you know, the thing about it is, uh, Brother Hagen had this mission in his heart, the mandate to yeah. teach people faith. And uh, faith is not something that's relegated to one generation. Right. And it was not intended to be just a one generation type of message or whatever. And I just think it's awesome that, um, and, and I don't know, because, you know, like I, I say, I'm not here like I was, but. Yeah. Um, I know that I'm assuming that a lot of the students now are second generation from Rama Church generation. and third. Wow. Third yeah, second and third. So there should be, to pick up what Tony said about things, should be getting better. Yeah. Um, we're building on the foundations right. of, you know, what people, 
you know, long before us laid a foundation, and we get the privilege yeah. to build on it, and successive generations do. So, but, but one, one thing that we're, we're dealing with now, Tony, um, you know, some of those that were second and third generation may be differently, but we deal with people that don't even know Bible stories. Uh-huh. Um, and so, and, it, and I think, and, and I'm, I don't want to blame VeggieTales for this, but, you know, things like VeggieTales or whatever, sometimes, you know, nursery rhymes and Bible stories almost seemed like they were the same thing. And so it was like, oh, that was just a figment of my imagination, Jonah and the whale and all that kind of stuff. And so, so you just can't say David and Goliath, you have to explain the story. You can't just say mm-hmm. the three, you know, they don't know the story. Well, I mean, that's why I'm thankful for my Methodist roots and <laughs> Sunday school. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that's prob- it's probably more no Sunday school, or if they have Sunday school, like we have School of the Bible here, a lot of people choose not to attend it or things like that. So a lot of times, that you know, you, you realize now a lot of people now, they come, if, if, you, if you're only a Sunday morning, you know, you come to church for an hour, an hour and a half, Sunday morning, that's all spiritual food you get. Yeah. I mean, you know, and so if you grow up that way, you know, then you turn 18, 19, you come to Ramah, you know, you really... You know, you didn't get a whole lot. Mm, yeah, and you know the 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 stories of the scripture are are absolutely priceless. And and I'm not talking about Arama grads necessarily, but in so many churches across yeah, the country, yeah. just in general, you know, preaching has taken on this motivational aspect, and we should be motivated. But but Christianity is way more than a motivational speech. Um, you know, Paul said, I I you know, didn't know anything among you except Christ and him crucified. This one thing, Craig, I really appreciate about your dad and your granddad, of course, is that, you know, Jesus was always and is for your dad, always the center of the different messages and even invitations for people to accept Jesus. And, um, you know, the faith has to be more than just, you know, kind of like a positive you know, you can succeed in life or you can be prosperous in life. And uh, Rhema, even though it's known for, you know, people, you know, kind of peripheral folk, oh, that's that faith stuff and that type of thing. But I'm telling you from 40-some years of experience being at and around Rhema, Jesus is really central here and has always been. And both your dad and your granddad always, you know, would keep people you know, your, your your granddad wrote a book called The Midas Touch, and your dad wrote a book called The Other Side of Faith. And um, and they really, you know, said, yeah, there's blessings, there's benefits, thank God for those. But, you know, the heart of the message, the core of the message is this. And, uh, and, and this ministry, I think, has always uh, centered on Jesus and exalted Jesus well. Amen. It's good. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of the Midas Touch, one of the toughest things was to speak things out of that book before the book actually came out. But anyway, that was a whole other thing. So, so. <laughs> you know, that book actually wasn't a book; is a video series. Is going to be a, a, a. Oh, that was the whole. Purpose. Yeah, yeah. I actually interviewed Brother Hagen. Yeah, we, I knew. I knew that's how yeah, the, the book was written. And, um, uh, but you know, he, he was not a a camera guy. Yeah, you know, and um, so anyway, it was neither are we. That's why we're well. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, we, we've got, we've got a. They used to say so and so's got a great face they for radio, radio. Yeah. and uh, but um, uh, but anyway, it's a life changing book for a lot of people. Yeah, and and people uh, charisma still pulls it out like they pulled it out like last year and did a yeah a whole expose on hmm. 
on it that a lot of people had kind of forgot about that book. And it's, it's a really good book. And the bad part about it is, in some ways, and I know we, we use a marketing team to try to come up with the title, and we came up with the Midas Touch, which, if you know the story, but a lot of people don't know what's right. the story. They think about the muffler shop or whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, and for those who don't know the story, that King Midas, everything he touched turned to gold. Turned yeah. To gold. And, yeah. And so that's why the book is called The Midas Touch. And according to my teacher in um, um, it was my senior year, I think it was, literature class or something, um, we had to learn about all the Greek and Roman gods mm-hmm. and did a whole story about that. And and so she said, well, the reason we have to learn about it is not because she doesn't really care a whole lot, but it says because educated people know know about that kind of yeah, stuff. Right. That, that was her exact thing because she didn't really want to teach on it, but she mm-hmm. was required to by the state because educated people should know about the yeah. Greek and Roman gods. Yeah. The Iliad and the Odyssey. Yeah. And which, which Jason actually, and the Golden Fleece. It has come in handy whenever you visited Greece. Yes, you know, and, you're, and you're seeing all this stuff, and you know, spirits say, I, I know, I, I studied that in school. That's actually. right, and so many examples in yeah. literature. Well, and, in the Bible, you obviously, know. you know, you know, we, we we talk about those kind of things. Exactly. Yeah, Paul and Barnabas yeah. had to deal with that. You know, mm-hmm. they they ministered in the midst of that culture, and mm-hmm. one time they uh, even when Paul had ministered healing to somebody, you know, they thought he was uh, Hermes. Which was the messenger, messenger god yeah. of uh, of the Greeks, and they thought uh, Barnabas was Zeus, uh, and they said, "No, no, no, no." Well, that's they were, you know, getting everything confused there. So, but you know, even when I was uh, preparing to come to Rama, when I didn't know anything about it, I had a couple people uh, who warned me. They said, "Oh, you don't want to go to Rama because," and they told me all these terrible things, and I found out. They didn't have any idea what they were talking about um, because Rhema presented such a balanced view of so many biblical topics. And at that time, I mean, we're talking the late 70s, so you know, I don't know that any of these perceptions are still around, but they said, oh, that's that uh, name it and claim it group and, yeah. and that type of thing. And other people told me, oh, don't go there because they're going to teach you so-and-so and and I attended Rhema a whole year and didn't hear any of the stuff they were saying I was going to get, you know, hurt by and uh, and just found, you know, so much balanced teaching and, uh, you know, really addressing the Bible from such a healthy, wholesome perspective. And um, so I just saw it, it change my life, uh, saw it change countless people's lives. And so many of the people I went to school with in 1979, 1980, 1981, uh, it the training they got at Rama has still been a stabilizing, steadying uh, force in their life all these decades, and and many of them are just absolutely faithfully continuing to serve God, and yeah. it's really good to see them sustained by uh, the foundation they got here at Rama. So you came in. So you actually started in 7980, I guess. So. Yeah, the fall so, of 79. So, so you weren't part of the tramp, tramp, tramp class. You no, class no, I after. came a little bit later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we had uh, our, let's see, first year, our graduation speaker, I think Because you was, graduated twice, right? Cause you, yes, we, back we only, then you we, graduated we, each yeah, year. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, Oral Roberts was one of my graduation speakers, and T.L. Robert, uh, Roberts, T.L. Osborne was the other, yeah. and I'm— I may have the years turned around, but... Uh, well, because we had 
I think I think our first year, second year was 1980, wasn't it? I mean, I think that was our first time we. Had, I think so. And when I was a first year student, there was a second yeah, year. Yeah, I, th- I think that was the very. But first. I think that was the charter group because after 79, I think 79, 80 class was the charter group. The second yeah. year, and so then for a number of years, it wasn't required to go two years. You, right. could, you mm-hmm. could graduate after one, then you could. Do what you know, kind of like we have now. You you can graduate after two years, but then a lot of people go to a third year program, right? Um, you know, to do special yeah, specialized. Yeah, eighty one, eighty two was the first year they had required you to go uh, two years. Right. Yeah, eighty two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that and that is a good decision because nine months of training is good, um, but for people to prepare for a life yeah, of yeah, service, yeah, uh, you'll never regret that second year. Yeah. of training it's well, it's needed that's why you know i i recommend that all pastors go their third year pastors group mm-hmm. because you know there's just things that get talked about you know because you just can't really in, in the first two years it's more general yeah things like that you know third year we get involved in some other stuff um like one of the big deals right now is is um you know marketing and you know has changed so much with social media and all that kind of you know it's way different than it used to be and mm-hmm I mean, you know, we have churches today that I know that aren't on, they don't have a website nor social media. Right. I don't even know how they exist, actually. And COVID brought a lot of that to light. You know, uh, people had been doing a lot of things the same way for a long time, and um, they had just gotten in the habit. And if, especially if the pastor's a little bit older, Mm -hmm. and these newfangled you know, modern things, they, you know, they didn't grow up with them, so they're not natural to them. Mm-hmm. And um, if they didn't have a good son or daughter or some young people that were, you know, really authorized and encouraged to, you know, create these avenues. Um, but, uh, you know, part of uh, what we want to do, and, you know, Brother Hagen was an innovator of this, going on the radio and yeah. And, um, you know, of course, the printed page was huge for him, but he was using the mediums that existed yeah. in his day, yeah, and his we day. just have some additional mediums. Yeah. So let's talk about, you know, obviously, you know, you came to Rama, and then you were involved in a couple of major aspects. Um, number one, you, you were one of the first associate pastors here at Rama Bible Church. Um, you know, my dad's what he calls left-hand man, because mm-hmm. you're left-handed. Um, you know, and, and just for, for the record, when, when Tony left him, um, there was, there was a lot of there was a lot of things Tony did that nobody knew that Tony did them. <laughs> they just got done, <laughs> and so and then then you were involved R, um, RMAI and yes. you started RMAI, right? Um, well, yeah. I mean, obviously your mom and dad well, really yeah. started it, but they you, they you were the first one. I was the first director. Yeah. Uh, you know when that really was kind of officially launched in April, I believe, of 1985. Yeah. And uh, and got to see that grow. I mean, of course, it just grew. There were, there were thousands of Rama graduates out there, and Rama had not provided in large scale licensing and ordination. And yeah, for, for those of you that are listening, um, once you go to Rama, you can be licensed and ordained um, through RMAI, Rama Ministerial mm-hmm. Association International, and that's the licensing arm. Now, as well, also, you were in charge of our alumni branch. So some people are alumni, but are not exactly. ministers as well. So Yeah, alumni for any graduate, yeah. and then the the more um, specific for people in what we call five-fold ministry, that's the Rhema Ministerial Association branch. 
And so uh, it's really good, you know, when people stay connected. I, I have the privilege of speaking at some of the different regional events. And um, ever since the inception of RMAI, they've had regional directors all over the nation and district directors. And they do really excellent retreats where all the ministers will come together and they may have a little teaching here and there, but a lot of times it's just fun and fellowship. And uh, because when people, there's something people, they don't think about this when they're a student, but boy, once they graduate, yeah. if they're in ministry, they're going to see, I need connections. I need relationships. Yeah. Well, and I think that's something that we've been encouraging in, at our central meeting with all the regional directors. You know, these people don't need to hear another sermon. Sometimes I just want right. to, you know, they need people that are like-minded. Now, sometimes... I do know um, what tend to be real popular. I, I did one in, in, in the um, Illinois, Indiana region. What is Heartland? I guess was, mm-hmm. and so they, um, you know, the they had like a roundtable. People ask, well, okay, you guys do text messaging. You know, who's who 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 do you guys? Use? And so that you know, they were able to, you know, to give sources out. Like mm-hmm. you know, we use this program because of the you know and that kind of stuff. And so it was kind of really good, you know, and. and some of those, some of them weren't very technologically, you know, these things, you know, because obviously streaming, this is, this is right during COVID. So, mm-hmm. you know, who do you use for your streaming stuff and all that? And so I think those are very helpful, you know, practical things that every church needs. Right. And sometimes people, for whatever reason, don't want to ask or don't want to research. Or even if you do research, a lot of times you'll see things, well, it looks like a good program, but I don't know anyone who uses it. So Yeah. Um, and some people like Craig, I know you're very technologically savvy and things like that, but other people are more like me. Uh, I, you know, I've got to have somebody else, you know, advise me on that because I just don't know. And so some of these pastors, like I said, maybe they're older and they're mm-hmm. not technologically savvy, uh, but they've got a son or a daughter or somebody young on staff. But if they, you know, if they don't have that, coming to an event like that where they can just kind of rub shoulders with other people and, you know, get ideas. Uh, those are really valuable. Uh, and I think the biggest thing that I've, I've heard, and we probably need to do it again. I heard a lot of people miss the CES conference that we used to do here um, every year mm-hmm. for yeah. some of their helps ministers and things like that. So I got to organize those first ones. Those were really good. Those yeah. were really good. People, so many people had so many good things to share. Now, were you the one who also started Ministers Mana? Um, no, I, I didn't start that. Um, your mom and dad were, you know, obviously the key people. Um, somebody else started that. Now, after they got it started, I did participate in some of the interviews, and sometimes yeah. your mom and dad weren't able to do yeah. one. And you did quite a few of those in the later I mean, yeah, years. Of yeah, that. but I did not start that. It was a kind of predecessor to like a podcast now, mm-hmm. you know, where you Very were much. able to speak to them, yeah. to ministers. It was a podcast before podcast. anybody had before ever heard the word podcast. The cast before the pod. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, we would do cassette tapes. You know, um, it was cassette tapes we'd send out, right? Yeah, yeah. and it was people would buy a subscription, and, yep. and, and we would send them a, a, a binder. Well, what do you call it? You the, got an album to you put got an album. Yeah, and, and then every month, month you got a tape to fill, fill it in. Up. And yeah. and I'm telling you, we got, I still have people to this day who will say, you know, well, I, one of those ministers' mana mm-hmm. sessions, you know, save my ministry and yeah. things like that. We There's talk about some the different stuff. subjects that, that ministers run into or yeah. churches run into. Mm-hmm. It's kind of continued education, you know. For the pastor, be drinking his IBC root beer. Yeah. Absolutely, he, he he could not do uh, minister's manna without IBC root beer, and not only did he drink it, but he'd he'd have to 
you know, open, open it, it and then talk it. about yeah. it. And I know pastors who said they'd never heard of IBC root beer. They went out and found one, you know, found a six-pack of root beer, root beer. Root beer. And um, they said they wouldn't, they wouldn't listen to ministers, man, if they didn't sit down with a, an IBC That's root beer non-alcoholic themselves. for all our listeners in India. <laughs> yeah, root beer has nothing to do with beer. That's right. So – yeah, those that was a classic trademark of of your dad. So, what are your memories about you know? Obviously, you're still a member here at the church, but yeah. you know some you know, you know obviously you were there when the church started back in 1985, and um, you know, Tony was. Whenever I came on staff, he he helped train me. We. we I I took Craig on many a hospital visit. Do you want to tell him what the outcome was, or do you want me to? A lot of people died. <laughs> Angel of death. Yeah, and so and what we have here at Rama, we have we have an on call schedule, and so every week one of the pastors is on call. So any after hours calls, um, you know, they have to handle them. So my first week ever being on call, yeah. um, one of our longtime um, church members and you know, here. Um, and, and she was employee. Her um, her husband passed out at work and ended up. You know, when I walked in the the hospital, the um, the receptionist lady knew who I was and says, "Craig, he came in DOA." I said, "You mean dead on arrival?" You know, he said, "Yeah." And so this was Wednesday night. This is before cell phones. So it was Wednesday night. Yeah. Um, and you guys were getting arriving for church. And I called the back room. And got a hold of Tony, like, Tony, you got to get here because, you know, I've never worked some, you know, had to be there. Yeah. And so he was saying they were dead on arrival, and the doctor's in there telling the family right now. So good yeah. thing you're here. I'm thinking, yeah. oh, man. <laughs> well, when, when you happened to be at that phase where I took you to different hospitals yeah. and different – for whatever reason, there just was a string of really rough situations where people had – you know, really hypercritical things. Several people did die. And, uh, you know, I never thought it was because of Craig or anything like that. It just, it just just happened. I said the first 11 people I visited in the hospital. (laughs) Now, you you have to understand, some of the people we knew, they they knew that without a miracle that they were, they were going to go home to be with the Lord and things like that. So it wasn't all, this situation was a... So it wasn't your fault, was trying to say. Yeah. Okay. This situation was a massive heart attack and said that he he died before he even hit the ground at at work. And so that was, you know... A trying time, you know, and I think the one thing that's really great about Rama, you know, Rama Bible Church is our pastoral care. In fact, yeah, and, and I, we do a great job. And in fact, sometimes people don't realize that until they either get married or they get some family member right. gets married. You know, so yeah. well, you know. your your mom and dad, of course, I, I'd been a, a assistant minister at another church and had really good training there, but. When I came and, and Rama Bible Church started in 85, your mom and dad were so solid and strong on, even though your dad was an evangelist, you know, by background, he'd, he'd worked for Brother Tipton. Yeah. And there was just a culture within your dad's understanding and your mom's understanding that people at their most critical moments, um, they really need a pastor. And and they instilled in the entire pastoral staff that if somebody's having surgery, you know, we're going to have somebody there with the family. Now, yeah. maybe some hyper minor out, you know, whatever, but but anything that had any degree of seriousness to it, 
you know, we're going to be there to pray for them before the surgery and serious surgeries. Yeah. We're going to have somebody available with the family and things like that. And they just really stressed loving people, caring for people, um, you know, being there for people. And I can't tell you how many times over the years people have come up, and I'm sometimes, you know, rarely today, but, you know, people would come up 10 years later and say, you know, do you remember when you visited me in the hospital? And I have to honestly say, no, <laughs> not really. But, you know, we were visiting hundreds and hundreds of people. people yeah. But um, people, when they, when you're with them in their most hurting hours, people care. Uh, they, they appreciate that. They appreciate that you care. And uh, so that's all part of the, you know, whole whole training process. And, and the students are taught that, too. Yeah. Of course, obviously, you wrote the book, Life After Death. Um, yeah based upon a lot of pastoral care stuff mm-hmm. that you had to do over the years. And, sure. And, you know, that's a, a tough part of ministry that a lot of times we don't want to talk about. But, I mean, you yeah. know, um, you know I, I think that's, you know, was always a, a good thing, though, to, to be able to. I, I know um, one of the big things I learned was dealing with funeral homes right. from you. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Yeah. Well, your, your, your grandpa, uh, Brother Hagen, of course, everybody knew him as a, faith teacher and somebody who would pray for healing and, you know, that type of thing. But your your grandpa had pastored for 12 years, and, um, you know, he, he made the classic statement. He said, you know, I pastored for 12 years and never buried a single church member. <laughs> and I asked him about that one time, and um, I, I said, uh, uh, Brother Hagen, I said, you know, some of our pastors, they get really intimidated when you say that. And yeah. when they have somebody die, they feel like a failure. And he says, well, he said, I, I really should probably be more detailed. He said, uh, I really only pastored for 11 years and nine months. He said, I'm just rounding it up. And he said, none of my churches were very large. And he said, um, and, uh, and and I pastored, you know, I, I don't know if all of them, but some of them were kind of out near the oil fields. He said, so he tended to have younger men who were able to work the oil fields. He said, I, I think he indicated he didn't have a lot of old, old church members. Well, he, he also was at probably only each church like That years, was the other you know, thing. Because he pastored 12 years, but I can't remember how yeah. many. Well, one church he went to two different occasions. Yeah, he, he was at four different locations, but then after the fourth location, he went back again to the third location. Okay. So he said, I was at five different locations, not well, five different installments there over 11. And, and he told me, he said, if I had pastored a long time, people it, would have died. if I had pastored a lot of older people, if, um, if I, you know, didn't have some of these, die, he said, I would have had, you know, some people die. But um, I was with him in what year would it have been about 1990? or thereabouts, when he taught a a series around the country that he called The Other Side of Healing. And I don't think it was ever put into a book form. I don't think it was ever even released as an audio, but it was some of the richest teaching. And he taught, there'd be like 500 pastors at every one of these deals. We did five or six around the the country. The Other Side of Healing. Yeah, it was so rich. And he talked to pastors about, you know, as a healing evangelist, you go in and, you know, you just act like you're going to get everybody healed. But he said, you know, you know you're not, but but you have to get the faith up. But he said pastors need to know how to help people when they don't receive healing. And even sometimes when you realize that the Holy Spirit, like one guy that Brother Hagen prayed for, 
he said, uh, he said, Lord, you're not taking hold with me, are you? And the Holy Spirit said, no, and I'm not going to either. And the Holy Spirit revealed that this guy's going to die. And he said to Brother Hagen, but prepare him for death. And he said, one of the ways I want you to do that is I want you to lay your hands on him to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And and to get into more detail, Brother Hagen said, the Lord told him this guy's uh, hasn't lived right for 38 years, even though he's been a Christian. He's never lived right more than two weeks at a time. I remember that story. And it's better for him just to come on home. And so Brother Hagin prayed for him. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. Brother Hagin said he sat up in bed, spoke in tongues for two days, and had a glorious home going. And Brother Hagin, in his own country colloquial way, would say, now that's sure not God. That's not God's best, but it sure do beat going to hell, you know. And uh, so he taught pastors how to prepare people for death and how to comfort families and things like that. That's a part of Brother Hagin that a lot of people never got to see. Uh, but it was his twelve years of pastoring that, uh, you know, e- even though he didn't bury any church members, he did bury people who were part of the community or relatives of church members, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. So he had that pastoral understanding. Now, what's interesting is those 12 years of pastoral experience, experiences are some of his main main stories. Whenever whenever he taught, you know, he said, well, I remember back in whatever, Farmerville, Texas, or, Mm -hmm. you know, wherever, you know, and the different stories that he told. That became his parables. Yeah, I mean, because it was, you know, because we we use life experience, Mm -hmm. and obviously when, you know, that was, you know his experiences, um, and so it's and you know those those twelve years were very important years, even though that was wasn't what God called him to do. Right. I mean that was you know you know he, I remember he told the story about entering the first phase of his ministry. He's like, well, I've been pastor for twelve years. So. Mm-hmm. So. That was preseason. Yeah, preseason. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it it's preparatory, but it doesn't count in the final. Yeah. You know something like that. Amen. Well, we've we've gone for about forty minutes. We're going to bring you back um, next week, but um, you know, maybe you're out there listening to um, to Tony and talking about Rama, and maybe maybe you're, you're there thinking, man, I need a change in my life. Something's you know not right, or maybe you you know you're called to ministry, and maybe um, you know you should check out Rama Bible Training College, rbtc.org, rbtc.org. If you'll just go there, we have information about Rama, and if you'll just give us your name, your address, or your name actually, and your your email and your phone number, we'll give you a call. We'll also send you a digital packet immediately. And um, then we'll talk to you more about Raymond. Set up a time for you to come and take a tour on campus. Um, Raymond College Weekend is coming up in April. This this program will probably air around the, the last of January. So April, I'm not sure the date. Um, we can look at it. We'll look it up. Mid, mid part of April is our next college weekend. And it's a great time to come to find out more about Raymond Bible Training College. April 14th through the 16th. April 14th through the 16th. So, um, you know, rbtc.org. Well, Tony, thanks for coming, and we'll have you back next week. Here at Raymond, we're bringing hope, hope help, and healing to the world. world.